Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. We are continuing our series on the bridge, which are the six meta skills of what it takes to build and sustain your school of excellence. So last week, I introduced the first B for boundaries, which is the number one meta skill in building your school of excellence. And the week before that, I introduced the overall concept of the bridge. So if you're new to the show or you're just chiming in, this is the second episode in the series. Today, we're going to be talking about relational intelligence. Now, relational intelligence is very different than emotional intelligence. So relational intelligence is our ability as humans to connect with others and establish trust. So relational intelligence is really our ability to identify and understand other people's emotions, which allow us to create relationships. So if we think about what strong relational intelligence looks like in the workplace, that is people are vulnerable with each other and share their honest thoughts. That is a component of relational intelligence. Another part of relational intelligence is people willingly share information and learn with each other. So it's not, oh, I found this golden piece of information. I'm not going to share it with you. No, relational intelligent people understand that when they willingly share information and learnings that are pivotal to the success of the school and aligned with company values, everybody wins. And another component of strong relational intelligence is people and teams experiment with new ideas and think outside of the box. Now, when we think of relational intelligence, why did I choose this as a meta skill? Okay, why is this a core component of the six meta skills that it takes to build and sustain schools of excellence? Now, again, if you're brand new to the show, a meta skill, I explain this in great detail when I first introduced the bridge concept. So if you're not so familiar, pause, go check out that first episode because I'm going to talk about this meta skills a lot and you're going to want to understand what I'm talking about. So The reason relational intelligence has such an impact on the business is because 
the fear of having difficult conversations is removed when you have relational intelligence because you understand how to read people's emotions. You are vulnerable enough to share your honest thoughts and feelings, and you're not living in constant fear about repercussions of your actions. You are unafraid to have challenging conversations. The other thing that happens with relational intelligence is silos are broken, right? And teams really start to work together towards common goals faster and more efficiently because they are communicating more uh, synchronously with one another. And the final piece of how relational intelligence really impacts the business is the fear of failure is removed, right? People aren't as afraid of failing. They know they're going to be okay. And innovation and creativity begin to unfold itself. So what's really important to understand from a nuanced perspective of what relational intelligence looks like is being relationally focused doesn't mean you're trying to make sure that everyone is your friend. And it also doesn't mean that you're trying to remove discomfort or disagreement from ever coming up. That could not be farther from the truth. Relational intelligence should not discourage conflict, but rather encourage the safety net and the safety environment to challenge ideas and work through conflict, right? So that when conflict arises, it could be resolved and lead to better outcomes. So I don't want you to look at relational intelligence and say, oh, now everyone's going to come by out together around the fireplace. We're all going to be friends and no one's going to want to bring up uncomfortable conversations. No, Uncomfortable conversations are a hallmark of being relational intelligent, right? If you think about, I talk about this all the time, without dissent, there is no intimacy. Without dissent, there is no intimacy. If you cannot have a conflict or have a conversation about you looking at something differently, there is no relationship. There's no relational intimacy in that conversation because there's no space for you to have any difference of opinion. Now it's not a relationship. Now it's a dictatorship, right? One person has all the authority and the other person doesn't even get to voice how they feel about something. That's not a relationship, right? Relationships, healthy relationships have healthy conflict. And this is why relational intelligence is such a huge meta skill in building schools of excellence. So how do we build relational intelligence, right? How do we begin to understand how to build this skill within our leadership teams? Well, there isn't really a secret recipe, okay? The best place to start where you're building relational intelligence is with genuine curiosity and deep listening. So you first need to be cognizant of your own kind of feelings and being intelligent with yourself. So I'm going to share with you some really great questions that can help you be more reflective and be more cognizant of how relational intelligent are you. So number one, recognizing how do I feel in this situation? So when you start getting into different conversations, meetings, different situations that are happening, are you aware of how you feel in those moments, right? Are you cognizant of, ooh, when I go into that conversation, that makes me feel like that. Or when I step out of that conversation, it makes me feel like X, right? How do you feel in a situation? The next question is, what are you afraid of when you're in that conversation? So the reason I'm using these questions is because Many times at staff meetings, owners will tell me things like, you know, they have a staff meeting with their leadership team and everyone nods along in agreement of like, yeah, 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 we're all going to do this. And then after there's all these sidebar conversations like, oh, I didn't really agree with that. I really want that to happen. Or, you know, I didn't understand what was going on or I didn't want to rock the boat or whatever it is. Right. 
And so they're not being aware of how they're feeling in those moments. So it is difficult for them to speak their truth and be relationally smart about how they bring this up in a conversation. And that's why asking these questions and helping leaders be your leadership team be aware of, well, how did you feel in this situation? What were you afraid of? What are you learning about yourself in this experience? What could help you get a sense of forward momentum? What is the biggest need you have right now based on what this project? And if you imagine the best case scenario, what would happen? So we want our people to be more vulnerable, more aware, share deeply and honestly, speak up when something doesn't feel right for them. And the way that that's going to happen is first, they have to be in tune with themselves. And the way that that's going to happen for them is first, you need to be attuned with yourself, right? You need to understand how you're showing up, right? What are your emotions? A great example of this is in the context of early childhood, right? Which many of you run early childhood centers. And in a lot of early childhood classrooms, they have something called the feelings chart, which you'll typically see kind of in a sensory corner or wherever it is. And there's typically like these, all these different faces. I'm feeling sad, disappointed, happy, angry, frustrated, whatever. And many times when a child is struggling to communicate their emotions, the teacher will bring the child to the emotions chart and then she'll tell the child, like, point to what you're feeling right now, right? Which face is saying, this is what you're feeling. And the reason we do that is we want to help the child be able to put words to their emotions, right? To the feelings that they're feeling inside of themselves. We want them to help understand, okay, when this happens inside of my body, that's anger. And then when this happens inside of my body, I feel sad or I feel ashamed or I feel embarrassed or whatever it is. And again, a lot of young kids, most young kids don't feel any shame or embarrassment or any of those things. It's a learned thing that we slowly develop later on in life. But two-year-olds, little, little kids don't feel shame. Why they do a lot of things the way that they do this because they don't have that level of embarrassment or shame or whatever it is around their bodies, let's say, for example. Now, the reason I'm bringing up this example is at your staff meetings, your teachers are experiencing very much what the children are experiencing. They have all these different emotions about whatever it is that you're talking about at the staff meeting, and they have no idea how to communicate them. They're just feeling all these feelings inside of them loneliness, frustration, anxiety, overwhelm. I don't know what to do next. Then they start coping. So some of them start escaping onto their phone. Some of them get distracted. Some of them start talking to a friend. They get up to leave. They make excuses that they need the bathroom and they need water, right? So they start dealing with the emotion that's coming up. So an idea that one of our legacy members actually brought up in a conversation when I was chatting about this with them was what if there was a feelings chart, a relational intelligent feelings chart at staff meetings, right? Where there were these emotions that were on the board and you ask these questions like, okay, what is everyone feeling? Point to one of the emotions or choose one of the emotions that you're feeling. And then you're going to ask them, okay, so you chose this emotion. What are you afraid of? What are you learning about yourself in this experience? What could help you get a sense of more forward momentum? If you imagine base case scenario, what would happen, right? Like all of those things. This helps us become more attuned 
more aligned with how the team is feeling, with what's going on. And it helps build that relational intelligence, right? So now when they see, you know, they bring something up and then their colleague like does something, they're actually more kind of like, oh, I think you're feeling a little bit angry right now. Or it seems that you're feeling a little frustrated about something. Can we talk about that? And both of them are relational intelligent. And so they could both sit down and say, yeah, you know, I'm actually really frustrated about what happened today. I felt like you threw me under the bus when that parent walked into the door and that hurt my feelings. And someone who is intelligent understands that, you know, when you have that conversation, it doesn't mean the end of the friendship. It doesn't mean the end of the relationship. Conflict doesn't mean divorce, right? It's, oh, okay. So when I do that, you don't like that. And that makes you feel invisible or that makes you feel upset. Let me think about that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to engage in behavior that purposely hurts you. So let's talk about that. Now, of course, everything has to be led with some discernment, right? Where it's not one person changing their behaviors all the time to make the other person happy. That's not a relationship. That's dysfunctional codependency, which is a whole separate conversation. So please don't listen to this with black and white thinking of like, well, then I always have to change my behavior to make everyone feel better. No, you don't. This is not a black and white, all or nothing approach. This is learning how to become more relational intelligent, more understanding, and checking in with your own emotions and recognizing where you need to show up and how you need to possibly grow and evolve in the way that you are communicating with your teams. So that's it for relational intelligence. Again, next week, we are going to go into the third meta skill of the bridge concept, which is individual advocacy. So, so far we've touched on boundaries, relational intelligence. Next, we're going to go into individual advocacy. And as I said last week, these are the meta skills. These are these big overarching concepts that when we understand how to coach and mentor and train our leadership teams and our staff on these big concepts, so many other skills that staff need to learn how to do happen as a byproduct of them learning these skills, right? That's what a meta skill is. It happens as a byproduct of it. So would love to hear from you. If you want to send us an email or a message on social or come into our free Facebook group, the Schools of Excellence Lounge, would love to hear how you're enjoying these episodes, um, how this is resonating with you and what you're seeing. And if there's anything specific that you continue want more information on, like now that you've heard these two meta skills, like what questions do you have? What are you curious about? What do you want to know more of so that my team and I can continue to create valuable content on this podcast for you? All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next week. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us.
Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.